We acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded, ancestral, and occupied traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Nation, the people of the three fires known as Ojibwe, Odawa, and Potawatomi Nations. And further, we give thanks to the Chippewa of Saugeen and the Chippewa of Nawash, now known as the Saugeen Ojibwe Nation, who are the traditional keepers of this land. In some parts of Canada, treaties were signed with First Nations that gave incoming settlers rights to much of the land, while in other areas, few or no treaties were signed. Unceded land was never given or legally signed away to Britain or Canada. Instead, it was stolen and continues to be occupied and governed by settlers today. As we live, work, surf and play, we say mahalo to the Métis, Inuit and Indigenous peoples of Turtle Island and from around the world who have stewarded these lands and sacred surf spots for thousands of years. We recognize their amazing resistance, resilience, and strength in the face of ongoing oppression, dispossession, colonial violence, and injustice. In particular, we wish for justice to be brought for the murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls from across our country. We believe that for true healing and harmony to occur, we must reflect and make serious changes while working together as we move forward in truth and reconciliation. We can be better, we can do better. Welcome to Permastoked. I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. In this podcast, we talk to your favorite surfers and stand-up paddleboarders from across the Great Lakes, Canada, the U.S., and beyond. We take a peek into their lives and find out what it means to be stoked. Is it a natural state of euphoria, elation, a relentless commitment? I also talk to other Permastoked individuals with ties to surf culture, such as artists, entrepreneurs, filmmakers, musicians, philanthropists, yogis, and much more. Join us each Monday in learning from these field experts and enthusiasts while being inspired by their undying passion, insights, and rad tales. Permastoked is brought to you by Freshwater Surf Goods, your surf brand devoted to spreading the stoke across the unsalted seas and cultivating pride amongst the surf community. We do this by providing products and apparel that celebrate the awesomeness of both Great Lakes and Canadian surf culture. Stand out in the tribe by rocking our gear. Visit freshwatersurfgoods.com today. Or look for our products in a surf shop near you, such as Surf Sup Eco Shop in Concarden and Goderich, where you can also find me, Derek Hyatt, teaching surf, sup, and yoga. Would you like to try the fastest growing sport in North America? Right on, because Freshwater Surf Goods has its own stand-up paddleboard school. We offer basic and advanced flatwater courses, SUP surfing and surfing lessons in groups and both private and semi-private, along with tours, custom experiences, and SUP yoga in and around Owen Sound, Grey Bruce, and other parts of Southwestern Ontario. Have fun as you take your skills from okay to killer with a Paddle Canada certified instructor. If you'd rather stay dry, check out our Great Vibes Yoga Meditation and Healing Program. Aloha is a life force energy of loving and living in harmony with all my relations. 
Through movement, mantra, meditation, and breath, our classes reveal to seekers how to connect with their true self so they may spread great vibrations in the spirit of aloha throughout the global consciousness. We use powerful yogic technologies and the Hawaiian art of Ho'oponopono to calm the nervous system and leave you feeling uplifted and in harmony with mind, body, and spirit. Enjoy community and a chill atmosphere filled with great vibes and sacred ancient teachings delivered with humor and integrity. It's good to be back, freshies. I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving and many waves to be thankful for. In this episode, I interview Chris Dubay, co-founder of the annual Wasashka, a gathering of the Great Lakes surfers on the north shore of Lake Superior in Karis Bay, Ontario. You'll hear us chat about Chris's experience as an outdoor environmental sciences teacher at Lake Superior High School. The other super stoked co-founder of Wasashka, Yako Natri of Natri Boys Surf and Sup and Superior Stand-Up Paddleboarding. And finally, we discuss the origins, evolution, and future of the ever-growing Wasashka, a gathering of the Great Lakes surfers. This episode was recorded on September 17th, 2020. It is family-friendly with only minor swearing, but no F-bombs. Chris Dubay, welcome to Permastoke, man. How's it going, bro? Excellent. Thanks so much for having me. Right on. It's great to see you, man. I'm loving the uh, excellent. It's like Bill and Ted's, like, be excellent to each other. Yes, sir. That's right. Yeah, yeah. man, that's the way to be. Right on. So, hey, you were telling me that, uh, you know, you had to put the kids to bed and, uh, you know, then you could carve out some time for this. So is everything sure. tamed over there? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Mama's taking care of the kids and uh, I've got a little bit of time here to hang out, which is nice. Uh, it's been a long day at the office, so it's, but I'm super stoked to talk to you and uh, talk about our uh, surf gathering and uh, and just share the stoke with everybody who's out there who's in who's interested in uh, checking out Lake Superior or just any of the Great Lakes for that matter. Yeah, man. So where are we talking to you from right now? Okay, I'm on the north shore of Lake Superior. I'm in Terrace Bay, and uh, it's about two and a half hours east of Thunder Bay. But really, if you look at Lake Superior, it looks like a wolf's head. I always say we're like a straight shot right north. And uh, little town, I'm about 1,200, 1,300 people. So we're in the middle of the bush, that's for sure. But uh, it's a beautiful spot right on the north shore, I'll tell you. Right on. I'm checking out this wolf's head right now. I've, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, um, I think I can kind of see it. Yeah, exactly. Like the peninsula. What is it? The UP. All those guys who surf on the upper peninsula. What do they call themselves? Like the UPs, the Yopers. Anyway, that's the wolf. That's the wolf's mouth, right? And then the snout is where Duluth is. And uh, we're about where the eye would be. Okay. Yeah. I'm kind (laughs) of seeing that. So, gotta be a little creative, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a quicker, uh, a better look later. So I'm living in Owen Sound, which I found yeah. out is referred to as the elephant's asshole. <laughs> so I usually reserve those terms for yeah. uh, Windsor and for uh, Winnipeg, but. Well, sure. I thought Windsor was like the armpit or something like that. Sure. But if you actually look at the map of southwestern Ontario, and if you kind of rotate it, you can see that sort of Essex County and Windsor and all that. That's the trunk of the elephant. Then you got his yeah. head, 
And then you got uh, the Niagara area. That's one of the legs. And yeah. then uh, Bruce Peninsula is the tail. And then Owen Sound is right where the anus would be. <laughs> <laughs> so I've learned. been a few times. I, I don't mind it. I went for a wedding one time and I really liked it. So, I, you know, maybe it looks like it. But I don't know. I like your area, man. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't, like I said, I've only been a few times. But I don't know. There's worse places to be in Ontario. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's so bad. It doesn't smell like elephant's ass here or anything. So there you go. I can live with it. So have you always been a Terrace Bay resident? No, I'm sort of a rambling man. I moved around a lot when I went to school and when I was a kid and uh, about 12, 13 years ago, I settled here. Um, I got myself a nice, sweet gig uh, teaching at the local high school here. I teach uh, like an environmental outdoor experiential program where the kids like canoe and go on multi-day hikes so it's perfect we have a beautiful trail system we've got a beautiful lake system and um we're 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 blessed here to have like a it's so i don't know it's pristine nature uh you got to drive two and a half hours to see a stoplight so we're we're pretty bush but it (laughs) on the flip side it allows it affords you like that opportunity to to really connect with nature around here so that's uh i've been here for about yeah 12 13 years 13 in uh february i think it is now i've wow, so incredible. yeah man i love it here though i'd never i don't know i'm a small town i like my small towns and yeah. uh my communities right which again lends itself to when we get into it i'm sure what the surf event's all about so yeah or surf gathering i should say you know it doesn't or, sound like you're so, going anywhere soon wow no sir so that nature no course, is that part of the actual school curriculum or is that extracurricular? Yeah. No, it's part of the school curriculum. So um, basically years ago when I was in school, I found out about um, these like multi-credit experiential programs where kids get to spend uh, a good chunk of their day outside. And with COVID this year, um, I'm in year six of my program. Um, I ended up doing a master's in experiential learning and environmental education. And I I uh, proposed it to the school here. Uh, we have a, uh, a solid group of First Nations students at our school mm-hmm. too. And I find that like... Um, bringing kids want to be outside right they want to and i feel that a lot of parents now have sort of lost that ability to or desire to bring their kids outside a lot so again and i'll talk about this i'm sure later is like that connection to the land right especially from a first nations perspective is um how do we keep our kids connected to the land so about 60 years ago i started a uh, a course and they get two high school credits and it's all it was all afternoon with covid now i'm actually all day i'm from nine in the morning until 3 p.m we're outside i actually just hiked with the kids 10 kilometers on our trail system and came home and did my dad duties and and then yeah here i am so i've had a great day in the bush today doing uh mushroom identification medicinal and traditional plant use and uh just having a nice little uh lunch down by the by the lake today and checking out the waves it was a west wind so we had some waves on the big lake but nothing rolling in yeah incredible so yeah that's that's uh yeah it's a pretty sweet program and uh we're lucky to have it we really are it's a really really it's the kids love it i love it oh yeah happy days all around you know so in high school you know if you kind of want to coast through the afternoon or the morning or whatever you know you take an art class and a gym class or something like that 
And gym class, you know, I don't remember it ever having homework or anything like that, right? So right. now with a course like this, is is it perceived as, oh, it's a freebie, we just go play outside? Or it sounds like you're challenging people with identifying medicines. It sounds like there might be some homework and some real critical thinking that goes into this. Yeah. Well, you can get deep into the philosophy of education and, and the merits of homework and and stuff like that. Um, am I asking kids to memorize and regurgitate things? No, but uh, my buddy Joe, uh, he's a First Nations, uh, me- I, I don't know, medicine man. Uh, his grandmother taught him lots, and I've hung out with him a bunch of times. And one thing through my walks with him in the bush is learning the land speaks to you, right? Mm-hmm. So um, when you see a, a tree or you see a certain plant, um, its shape, its location, what other plants it hangs around will tell you what properties it has. So rather than memorizing, I'm a big fan of learning. Nice. Let's learn this. You know, you ever watch, uh, what's that show with Drew Carey? Uh, whose line is it anyway? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, like all these, these, and the, the, the points don't mean anything. I, I, a lot of the time I'm, I'm a little bit of an alt when it comes to education. It's like, what do marks actually mean? Like, if students are there like learning about plants and, and being hands-on and learning canoe safety skills and learning like what's the, what should go on a first aid kit and how do we do first aid and what are leadership skills? How do you quantify that? Yeah. Right. These are, these are things that like, and let's say somebody's parents taught the kid versus somebody's parents who had never taught the kid. Does the parent or the, do the students that come in with that subset of knowledge, that base knowledge, like, do they automatically get 100 percent or is this the kid who tries hard, who has learned a lot? Maybe they're not quite at that level as the other student. Do they not deserve work? But it's it's a it's very outdoor ed and it's very um it's that it's those things that you can't. It, I don't want to say it's unquantifiable because it is, but it is. Yeah. But at the same time, you're looking at the things, and again, going back, to this, I always say the same thing with the surf event. What what is your philosophy of of doing certain things? It's is to have these experiences to grow as a person, to um to grow as a community, to network, to develop leadership skills. These are the sorts of things that the outdoor ed class. Uh, and then at the end of the day, I'll hopefully the Ministry of Education doesn't see this, but like. You know, like I'll throw Mark down based on their personal growth and their ability to, like, yeah, there's wastewater and there's water testing labs, but how would have we grown as a group? So today's hike for me personally, uh, they all helped each other out and they acted safely and they showed extreme maturity for a bunch of grade 11s and 12s. So I was like, I was super happy to make it back, especially in the COVID era. Right? Yeah. You know, there's so many like underlying little rules now that you got to absorb like instantaneously. So yeah. how do you? How do you learn that on the fly and incorporate it in your everyday, right? I love it, man. I think it's great that programs like yours exist, get away from some of that mundane, you know, same old stuff. It's nice to mix it up. So I, uh, yeah, I went to college on a native reserve. I took a course called traditional Aboriginal healing methods. So a lot of the things you're talking about, we were learning traditional medicines, how to use them, how to pick them. And uh, after my work there, I, uh, I moved up to the Arctic. I lived in Akalo in Nunavut for about half a year. And there was a guy up there, I forget his name. Um, I became friends with him though at the time. And he was also like an outdoor rec type teacher. 
um, at the yep. high school there. And so he was taking kids out on skidoos, taking them out on the ice, uh, catching Arctic char, all these kind of things. And he took me out one time. It was breathtaking, like the color of the water. It was this like aqua green under the ice. I found uh, a, uh, like a, it was either, no, it was a caribou, caribou skull with the antler still on it. But Amazing. I remember, yeah, but I remember talking to him about, you know, he thought he felt a little strange sometimes teaching what a lot of it was like traditional teachings to certain a culture, you know, that some of them had actually lost their culture or become quite yeah. distanced from it. So what's yeah. that like in, in your neck of the woods? That's a really good question. That's a really, really, really good question. Um, that's something I've struggled with personally. Um, I have a fairly, I would say I have a good relationship with many people uh, on uh, at Pace Platt First Station. Um, and I've spoken to them. I've spoken with elders and I've spoken with uh, Aboriginal education, um, like our leads. And I, I, that was something that came up. Like, we feel like we're imposters. Here I am as like a white dude talking about um, um, traditional medicines, Aboriginal culture, First Nations culture. Um, but what they, they, in a way, they've given me a green light. They've said, you know what? We just, we, as part of the 94 calls to action, we want people to be promoting this. We, and for me, I want to, it's, it's almost cliche. You see those hats that say native pride, mm. right? And, um, but what is, you know, how do we, um, how do we basically instill pride in our Aboriginal students who are coming in, right? With racism and, and, um, all sorts of issues. How do we do it? And for me, it's, it's incorporating it in my daily practice, not just paying lip service to it. And, um, and I've had some serious conversations with a good buddy of mine, Gary, and about, you know, how I, sometimes I feel like I'm an imposter, but he's like, you're doing good things. You're, you're bringing, you're bringing the teachings to the students. And one other thing that I've been really working with is trying to get the students back to the land. So like I said, I do mm. canoeing. Why not? I just received a grant pre COVID to bring students out with elders on page plot onto the land learning medicines from the elders and again i every time i do that like with my buddy joe i learn so much right but then i take his knowledge and i tell him too i'm taking what you've taught me and i'm just the conduit i'm just like the next step and then it was like hey you want to learn more here's where you should go here's the elders you should connect with here's the people you connect with and and um and then that and you know what? And I went to a conference in Toronto last year. I went to the um, Aboriginal Education Conference in Toronto. And one of the things I spoke to people about there as well was I think it's important for white people to learn um, First Nations teachings. I think it's I think that Western medicine and and scientific methods only go so far. We need to learn from from uh from the teachings of first nations so uh that's super important to me in my everyday teaching to the students not just because i'm here um in northern ontario it's it's something that i would do no matter where i am i just yeah. feel like it 
that's something that's important, right? Nine to four calls to action is very important to me. Yeah, and I think it's great that you are taking the opportunity to bring in elders, bring in, like you you mentioned, another Indigenous leader you've had there. So it's not like you're doing it all. You are integrating where you can, bringing in special guests. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah, well, a quote that was told to me that's always been in my head is, a good teacher makes themselves progressively less needed. Mm, gotcha. yeah, right? yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah, at the end of the day, if you don't really need me, did I do my job? I think so. Right. Yeah. And then you're there and I'm there just as a guide. And I, and, and again, going back to the outdoor classes, once they've learned the skills to be on the land and identify the plants that can help them and identify the uses and whatnot. And at the end of that year, they sh- um, I should, they should feel confident being on the, being part of the land rather than conquering it or rather than, um, you know, being afraid of being outside, what could hurt me. They can mitigate those risks and understand how uh, the land is, is part of them. Right. Yeah, so that's, it's a journey, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to say, uh, if you listen back to any previous episodes of this, there's a few conversations I have there's with Larry Cavero and then with his daughters And they have an idea for a great program that I've been talking to them. I want to get involved in. I don't know exactly what it looks like yet, but they've coined it your lake, your wave. And the idea is bringing surfing to the indigenous populations on the great lakes, because essentially, you know, the lakes were theirs first. Right. And so if they're not already connected with that, it's about bringing that. So I don't know all the logistics or what that looks like yet, but maybe I'll just plant the seed in your mm-hmm. brain and you can uh, think about that because I think there's some uh, exciting prospects there. There definitely is. Hey, and um, I was really happy to have students in a boat mm. for the provincial, like our our risk management guidelines are, are comprehensive to say the least. Um, be like, allowing students in a like again i'm i'm this is curricular this is an extracurricular this is curricular um i've gone i've spent many years of my life now um getting i certificate certifications i'm certified in borderline everything Mm -hmm. uh i was a lifeguard up until i was 20 i let it go i went and got it again a couple years ago so i could be in both with students because they need a lifeguard there right and these are sorts of things like moving forward that sounds amazing. Um, I want students in sea kayaks. I want students um, accessing traditional lands and traditional like um, uh, pictographs that their ancestors created. I want them to see this not just in a textbook, but with their own hands and their own eyes and, and, and have those moments and have that native pride or, or even and understand as, as white people coming here that we we know like we need to see this as well right yeah. it's a huge lear- it's a learning for everybody and uh but i i think me showing a picture on a on a google slide or whatnot only goes so far it's just another moment in your in your mundane daily sort of like education to yeah. to see it on a land or to work to see it mm, like yeah. get in that boat paddle that far to see that it gives it that extra little bit of, it's just that much more special. Yeah. yeah. And that's really important to Amazing, me yeah. to work for things, right? Absolutely. If it was easy, everybody would do it. 
for sure. So that's, that's the next steps. Surfing, holy smokes. I can't imagine the paperwork I'd have to fill out already by <laughs> sheets. I got 80 pages that I, I have a book that I sent home for parents to sign. So yeah. the surfing, I honestly, but you know what? Dream it, believe it, achieve it. Absolutely. So I take it surfing is not part of the curriculum in your course then currently. No. No, but you know what is, is uh, weather watching, wave watching, yeah. uh, wave dynamics. How does the lake work? How do the winds work? At this time of year, like my course runs in the fall. So one thing I love doing is like, okay, we're going to go down to the beach. It's a southwest wind, 25 kilometers an hour. Okay, how does it look at this beach? Let's go to this beach. How does it look here? How do the waves, like how do the wind affect the waves? Um, how does the lake affect the waves? Um, how do certain like structures in the water affect the way that waves wrap into certain bays? I think that the, it's a something like that. You can't put that in a textbook. You can't, even if you watch a video on it, it's borderline. You need to feel it on your face and you need to see it with your eyes and you need to touch it with your hands. And um, I have no problems on big surf days that I've, if I have my class and I'm, quote, stuck in the school, we're going to go down and we're going to go check out the waves. And we're going to yes. learn weather patterns, and weather systems and, and all that. Because as a Great Lakes surfer, you need to have an in-depth knowledge of waves, weather, um, lake, fetch, how, like, depths, all of that come into play. You need to have a really, really good understanding. So... Uh, a couple of my students from last year's class came out to our surf event and they were just hooked on the idea of weather. It was something that they'd never really thought about. Yeah. And, uh, and then they were just very interested in taking it to the next step. Mm. And we were able to hook them up with gear and they went out. And it was great. Nice. Amazing. So, yeah. Right on, dude. Wow. Like I'm hearing you and I'm thinking this guy has one of the coolest jobs that exists. <laughs> Dream it, believe it, achieve it. Yeah. I, I always think to myself when I moved here is like in declining enrollment, are you ever going to be able, you're never going to start an outdoor program in a school with declining enrollment like Northern Ontario. Yeah. Right. And quite frankly, like I, it's weird. Um, another all these little things that stick in your mind. Another quote of mine is like, I remember I was watching the discovery channel one time and a guy grabs a snake and with the fangs and puts it into a shot glass and squirts the poison. And the Aussie guy is like, it takes the poison to make the antidote. And I thought to myself, like, that's a, a pretty nice metaphor for life that, you know, the, the community needed, the kids needed something like this. And people saying that, oh, it, it can't happen in declining enrollment only fueled the fire to make it happen and the compromises that needed to make it happen. And so for me, it wasn't, it was a no brainer. Um, it just took a little bit of persuasion, but once you have your foot in the door, you're, you're home free. So yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, I do have a sweet job, but I've also, it took a lot of persuading a lot of people about my abilities and risk management and are their kids going to be safe. And this year the bears are in town. So it was like, well, if the kids are in the bush, they're gonna get eaten by bears. I'm like, no, oh, the bears are on my neighbor's apple tree, actually. So don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, you yeah. know. But those are the sorts of things, you know, you gotta think about. And what I love to bring students surfing on the 
Great Lakes. On Lake Superior and all the beautiful spots around here, yeah, for sure. But we can always learn so much just just by being on the land, looking at the lake. Absolutely. So, so surfing, man. How did Chris Dubay get into surfing? It's um, I uh, I've sort like I said, I'm a rambling person. I'm a rambling man. And when I s- settled down here, when I in Thunder Bay, there was this years ago 15 years ago there was this little there was um a wakeboard event and i was told okay well you like wakeboarding apparently there's surfing on lake superior mm. there's this guy apparently he does it i was like oh that's pretty cool and uh you know like most of us guys who get into surfing we like other board sports you know we like snowboarding or skiing or whatever it might be skateboarding uh longboarding and whatever it is there's a, it's a certain I, I love paddling. I love canoeing. There's a certain love for the water. There's a certain yeah. love for those sort of like type. I, I've been explained. It's like type two fun, right? Mm. Um, so I moved here. And the first thing I looked up when I moved here was, uh, you know, surfing Lake Superior. And this guy came up in Thunder Bay. And his name was Yako. Okay. And uh, Yako, he's uh He's a beauty of a Finlander, and he lives way out in the bush on the other side of Thunder Bay going away from the lake. And uh, he has this surf shop in his garage and uh, had all these boards and talking. I've become really, really good friends with him, obviously, over the time. But uh, meeting him, I always say like shoulders of giants, right? And Mm. for me, when I got into surfing, there's two or three people who had really sort of set the scene for here um and it was just as random for them they're just driving by terrace bay they happen to see waves they sort of jumped in and then over time they're like well we should crazy idea we should start our own surf company we should sell boards we should sell wetsuits so i met these guys so i met yako and uh he is a perpetual like spewer of stoke he's never not soaked he's like man Dude, there's two phases. You're either on the lake or you're wishing you were on the lake <laughs> and <laughs> or dreaming you're on the lake. And for me, I could identify with that instantly. Yeah. Right? It's, if I'm not on it, I'm wishing I was on and dreaming that I was on it. And these that's the kind of scene that I walked into. And it was it's always been super small. Again, we're in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I was able to get a wetsuit and a board. And I started here and there was a small handful of, of people. And over the years, it's a tight, tight little community. And with any community, I'm sure you know, and anybody listening knows, you drift apart. People have Mm -hmm. kids, people move, people get lazy, busy, I call it, you know, like, oh yeah, like I'm so busy. And um, yeah. And, and over time, everybody sort of drifted apart and had kids and, and got older. We're all mm. probably in our mid to late twenties when we got into surfing here. And, uh, you know, which is why I sort of said after a few years, like we need to start making something purposeful. Mm-hmm. We need to, and our scene is so much fun. And like, how do you, Oh, there's so much to it, but like, that's how I got into it. So the question is like, yeah, how did I get into it? I met Yako and Yako had the stoke and the, this his stoke set the stage for what i believe is an amazing scene of love and stoke and 
and helping each other out and and promoting each other and just cracking cold beers watching sunsets by the fire we can do that in the bush there's no mm-hmm. there's barely any private land it's all a lot of its crown land some of the best waves are right on crown land mm. so it's it's addictive you yeah. know any great lake surfer knows it's surfing is addictive it's it's something that the lake draws you in the great lakes are so powerful and so beautiful it's sucks you right in and I always say this, there's how often do we have in our lives moments where we can connect to each other and connect to nature at the same time. And those That's moments similar. are few and far between. And I feel like when I surf, especially with a small community here, that those are some of my favorite moments of the year when I look back For over sure. you know, the course of the year. I, it's never lost on me how fortunate I am too. And... Um, but it's it's people like us who's who want to be outside to create those moments and and that's it and that's why I look at Yako. I can't say this guy's name enough, Yako. Right? Okay. It's you know people a lot I, like guys like yourself, Derek. Like will get a hold of me and be like, yeah, tell me about your surf event and and I do. But I still, even though like I we have started it, there's it's the shoulders of giants. Is these guys who've come before me who have set the stage, who have brought me into the scene. And who have you know accepted me and loved me, and I formed amazing relationships with, um, and who have like you at every wave that I've hit, and you on the waves that they hit. Wow. And the you know it's the it's the community, right? And for me, half the reason for starting with Sashka is is realizing how special our community is, and also promoting our community to people who may not have that, I don't know, they don't know how to maybe reach out or take that first step and whatnot yeah. in, in in getting there because who who's that like random friend that you snowboard with who has that extra wetsuit with holes that you could probably borrow for an afternoon, man, and there's probably waves here. You can jump in with me and, you know, okay, you can use this old foamy that I got, this 10-foot foamy, and just ride the surf with it. And, and, and whatever right like you go to you go to these other spots in the world and i've been fortunate enough now like uh, that i'm getting a little bit older that i've been able to like do uh traveling around the world surfing um and, but it's a different scene you show up to like the rental shop and you give them your you know your collateral your id and they mm-hmm. hook you up with a board for like 30 bucks for the afternoon or 20 bucks or whatever and you go it's it's the access is there but as lake surfers, at least, especially where I am, yeah, um, that doesn't exist. No, it doesn't, right? And it's you're wearing somebody's piss-smelled wetsuit. Yeah, you know, like well, piss. You smell. You're gonna smell like neoprene and piss when you're done. And it might not just be your own piss. I promise. Yeah, yeah. You'd sooner be able to but, chop um, down a tree and curve your own surfboard before you could go and rent one. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. It's uh, it's kind of yeah, it's uh, it's the shoulders of giants, like I said. So there's, it's, it's really the set uh, stage was set by some seriously some great people, and um, I just really appreciate all of them. And uh, there's a few when I was first starting to surf here and uh, learn about here. One thing I should say though is like all these guys are in Thunder Bay or the Thunder Bay area mm-hmm. in Terrace Bay. 
there's nobody in this town that surfs. Oh, okay. Um, there's still people that up until like a year ago or so didn't even know that surf existed with social media. now I feel like everybody and their grandma literally are on social media. Uh, you'll see it now it's, it's yeah. out there. Right. But sure. prior to the last two or three years, um, even some members of our city council were like, I just found out they're surfing on Lake Superior. And I just found out there's actually something that happens to bring people into this town, a surf event. And I was relatively surprised because, you know, for me, it's been my life for years. But for a lot of people, um, it's a relatively new thing. And um, so being in Terrace Bay, I'm now for many years was I like, hey, pull up a piece of floor and bring your sleeping bag and let's have a potluck. So every weekend, like there's especially this time of year where September rolling into October there's surf every three or four days now wow. with yeah. you have favorable winds. Yeah, for sure. This and, uh, right. So come in, bring your sleeping bag, bring some food, bring your stoke and just sleep on my floor. And that has been sort of my, I wanted to keep it open like that. People showed me and I've had many people come through this house over the years. And, and even my buddies from Thunder Bay and, uh, and Nipigan here who, surf before me um always an open door for those guys yeah. you know well you can expect me to take up that offer once we pass through this uh covid restrictions anyhow right yeah yeah so totally right so you've you've already mentioned waseshka right that's how i pronounce it yes that's correct waseshka yeah. okay waseshka well, so you want to do a promo video of people just pronouncing it <laughs> yeah. waseshka so tell us, I think it's super cool what that means. Tell us what the word means and tell us the, you know, the history of the event, how it came to be and uh, all that good stuff. Yeah. So a few years ago, um, a few, we were sitting around and um, about around a fire and it was my friend's wedding. And I was, we were saying like, we really need to start making it. We should, we need to start getting together. We've drifted apart. Busy, lazy, people have had kids. I miss everybody. Our, we need to take one weekend and get together. Mm-hmm. And this idea of having a gathering of the Great Lakes surfers sort of came up. And um, then, you know, we joked around about it. It was like, well, when could we have it? Well, it would obviously be in the fall. Well, when in the fall? Like, I was like, well, we should, it'd be cool if we could do like every year the same weekend. Like, you know, the logistics of predicting waves a year in advance, let alone like a week in advance on the Great Lakes. Like, are you kidding me? It's crazy. So that's part of it. But the other thing is, is like thinking about people have surf events. We did not want it to be a competition. Mm -hmm. We didn't want it to be anything like that. We just want to get together and share our love for the lake and the stoke and each other. And those moments, like I was mentioning previously, of like us coming together as a people and enjoying our time together and these moments as we go through life and experiencing the lake and each other, right? And it's been amazing. So if we we said, let's try it. And year one, we hit waves. And I just made a Facebook event and had a house party. And it was, we had about 100 to 150 people and wow. it was unreal year one. um going back i know right <laughs> but it, it, and i'll go back into that but let me just backtrack a little bit on your original question the wasashka 
what does it mean? Where does it come from? Um, when I was thinking of a name to represent what that sort of a gathering, how do you pick a name to represent an idea? It's I racked my brain for a bit, but it was really important. Again, going back to my um, just going back to my own personal connection to the land and and what I believe in, in my own personal philosophies, that I would pick uh, a name that um, an old name, uh, mm. an Ojibwe name, uh, and I looked. I wanted a the Ojibwe name for a wave, and what the what came up was uh, the word Wasashka, and it means the lake has white caps. Mm. And 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 when this time of year happens, and I look out on Lake Superior every day, it's Wasashka. Wasashka is an older, it's an old word, and it's a word that speaks to when the people, the First Nations people here, used to look out on the lake and say Wasashka. And for me, the pronunciation part of it, there's humor in it. Mm-hmm. But the actual meaning of it is very, for me, it, it means a lot to me and to to pay that homage and to to have that respect for the land and the water. And um, I really thought that that name was the most fitting name for to represent our gatherings name. Um, yeah, that's so that's, thank you. And so I'm really, really stoked about the name and I'm and then you know just we joke around about like hey let's let's have people try to pronounce the name as a promotional video what's the sasha sheshka right and and that's the, that's the funny part of it right and there should be humor and everything as well so the meaning of but I I have no problems with saying like hey like you know this is what it means and and uh sit down and say like hey aren't we lucky like what's sashka look at the the lakes does have white caps so we're going on year this will be year four for us and i'm really stoked year one we hit waves year two we had a north wind and year three we hit waves and again as great lake surfers we know what are the chances of you being able to hit waves on a weekend in october we figured we made up stats we figured two out of three Mm. we figured two out of three we had a two-thirds chance of hitting waves Funny enough, in the last two out of the th- three years, we've hit it. and um, But that stat's totally made up. It's not like we're sitting around <laughs> crunching numbers. But, <laughs> but we we are laughing. We're saying, you know, more than likely. And the, the nice thing is, is we run it the weekend after um, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And uh, that way allows people to be with their family. And it doesn't conflict with Halloween. And it also is, those are the weekends that are still really nice before the snow flies and the lake really gets cold. And we've been super, super lucky the last so few years. Are we looking at um, October 17th and 18th, 2020? Is that, this, is that it this year? That's so the weekend I am gonna... after Thanksgiving, I believe. Right. But, but there's still now, another this... weekend before Halloween, the 24th and 25th. Right. So the, f- the first three years, one, two, three, uh, we went with, um, how can I say this, like um, a moving date. If you look at our posters from back in the day, it says the weekend of, of the weekend after Thanksgiving or the weekend after that. And what I actually wanted, like a time where we could surf, there's, it, I thought to myself, okay, like if it's only going to be the gathering of the Great Lake surfers around here, there's maybe 20, 30 people who are going to show up. And, uh, okay, guys, we're either getting together this weekend or next week. And so, you know, take two weekends off or figure it out and we'll get together. Well, what ended up happening was it sort of caught on and 
a lot of uh, people who wanted to try surfing, uh, p- parents who had brought their kids surfing in Costa Rica, who've got like 12-year-olds being like, hey, where do I rent gear? When can I come down? You know, it, it exploded into something that was much beyond what I thought it would probably become. Um, outside of just a gathering of close friends, it became a, a gathering of, of a community and the building of a, of, of a community. And that was really something that I don't want to say it surprised me, but it, it was a pleasant surprise. Mm. And it was something that we thought, okay, we're going to have to sort of deal with this. Now, this year, pre-COVID, our plan was just to say, okay, it's one weekend. We we're supposed to have a punk band come in from Winnipeg. We we're supposed to have comedians come in from Thunder Bay uh, last year. But because of the floating two-week schedule, it's hard. Like some mm. somebody works Saturday night here. Somebody else has to work Friday night here. Well, I can either get one weekend off or the next weekend. I can't get two weekends off. And that's, you know, that's life, yeah. right? And I get it. And um, so the question became, do we want to make it one weekend or and just make it gathering? And regardless, we all get together and maybe we go stand up paddleboarding. Or do we make it two weekends and maybe we get surfer? Maybe we don't. Yeah. Still, because there's still no guarantee, right? Absolutely. So it, hard conversations to have, quote unquote, hard. But we decided to go with one weekend for this year. But obviously, COVID comes, and there is no official event. We're still doing a poster. We're still on the lake surfing. But quite frankly, like I said before, our town is 1,200 to 1,500 people, mostly elderly. I have a two-year-old daughter who lives or who goes to her great grandparents multiple times a week uh we have been covid free yeah and i am extremely um aware of covid stigma and if i brought people in the town from all over ontario uh especially in about a month's time where we all know where covid's going um it would be irresponsible and yeah. the town's been a huge supporter of me um we've had you want to keep it that like, way hell, <laughs> Part of it, yeah, towns, we, okay, so we get the golf course, we get it for free. We we host it out of our golf course here in town, which is right on the lake for free last year. And they just said, uh, we'll just charge for beer. All right, I'm cool. And to keep the money for the beer. And uh, if you want food, we'll open the kitchen. And really, I've been running it out of my house. So I was like, yeah, get everybody out of here, right? <laughs> I, you know, I'm a family man. Get out of my house. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I love you all, but it's 150 people in my house is a little out of control, right? Yeah. And um, so we moved it to the golf course. The town is very receptive to it, but I I also want to respect. Um, I also want to show that respect to them that I, in my opinion, it's irresponsible. I love surfing. Lake's not going anywhere. No, you made you know? great. And call. next year, right? And I'm not saying that people can't come surf Lake Superior feel free but it to have a, a gathering in an enclosed space a month from now you just i it was something that i felt that it was just irresponsible for me to do so i am all about promoting the love and the stoke but um yeah that was what that was i don't want to say it was a hard call for me it was a relatively easy call yeah but um it's a call that needed to be made if you remember the excitement um, when SARS was, you know, we were getting on the other side of SARS, they had SARS stock and, you know, pumped everybody up. I really see that happening, you know, whatever that looks like, whether COVID is gone or COVID is under control or whatever it is. Once we settle into some kind of 
new normal or whatever it is, I really think people are going to turn it up, you know, and people are going to want to party. And I think that every event that happens next year is going to be even that much better. You know what I mean? Or whenever it does happen, whenever the next Wineshka can happen safely, it's going to be over the top. I'm sure. I believe it too. And it's funny. The, well, again, living on the highway on the North Shore of Lake Superior, the amount of traffic that we've had come here relative to other years, it's been tons because mm. people aren't traveling. Yeah. They're, the staycation or the Canadacation is a big thing. So what our, my phone and my email and our Waseshka account has been full. Like we are responding, Cassidy and I are responding to messages nonstop and it's mm. great. And I'm really happy to promote the scene. And one thing that I'm very big on is somebody showed me, I'm going to show somebody else. And I'm happy to do that. Um, I'm not a protectionist. And I know there's this whole philosophy of protectionism uh, or like this whole idea of protectionism in the surf community. Like, hey, I'm going to find a spot. I'm not going to tell anybody about it. If you find a spot 20 minutes from Chicago on Lake Michigan, I probably wouldn't tell anybody either. But where we live and what we do is I, I'm keeping it wide open. If people want to come up here, I'll show you spots. Yeah. You know, we'll bring you out. And You've got a lot of lake up there. We do have a lot of lake up here, and we're really lucky. And I've had sort of discussions with people on the south side of the lake and saying, man, I can't believe you're showing people your spots. And, and I'm just thinking like to myself, like the last time I went surfing, I was by myself and a bear, I thought it was going to get into my backpack to eat yeah. my lunch. And I was, you know, so I, I agree with you though. Like, I think that people, I think people will be stoked on it, oh, yeah. but that's, and it's not my, I hate, I don't know. I'm, it's not like I'm making any money off of this. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Last year, I, I, I'm not, you know, like last year we bought some shirts Hmm. Yep. but the thing is like that came out of my bank account man and it's like some people gave us some money lake of the woods <laughs> sponsored us thanks yeah. lake of the woods nice. you know and um a few people you know like a Nyako, um excel surf you know like sex wax um in winnipeg we had the hardcore surf and stand-up paddleboard company hey yeah. surf ontario mike at surf ontario i'm telling you we've had some we have some really good people who sponsor us, but at the end of the day, it's pretty much a break-even event. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you, like every year, we it's been potluck. It's not like okay, it's twenty dollars to get in, and somebody's like, "Well, what do you think about charging people fifty dollars?" I'm like, "Well, what are you gonna do? Stand at the beach and be like, give me fifty bucks to serve? Okay, you want to come to the event after? Give me fifty bucks." Like at the end of the day, if we can break even, I'm happy. Right on, because right. it's it's a party it's not a party but it's like it's a gathering it's a social event and um it's a it's a time for us to connect with each other and i'm really hoping and i uh, there's only a few really hardcore things that i'm dead set against and one of them was charging people mm. i won't charge if you want to rent gear or rent a board hey no problem um yako was um he's getting out of it just because of the logistics of it but I've got a few old suits, like toss me 50 bucks and then it'll just go towards like buying a new sign or a lot of donations like given to us thousand dollars here or there from uh, different like at the mill here in town. And that helped us 
run and get food amazing for a few uh for the event right yeah. so i'm it's not it's not we're not in the make money are you doing a surf event to make money no what's your huge our sponsors are basically there to give us enough stuff so i can give away free swag hey you showed yeah. up here's a piece of paper put your name on it i'll put it in the shoe box and then go pick up something and yeah. like i said mike from Surf ontario and hopper from the hardcore stand-up paddleboard company he and yako from his notch tree brothers and and thunder bay those guys give us shirts they give us wax and we just give it right back out and that's that's our philosophy that's something that again when i first got into the scene here it was very generous and i just want to give back and and uh and show the next generation uh my students go surfing kids from my chemistry class go surfing kids from my outdoor class go surfing you know uh lakehead university last year in thunder bay they started their own surf club then they got they're a legit Amazing. club now with uh, lakehead university and they were out surfing a couple days ago because we had like three foot rollers and they were all out there you know so it's sharing the stoke and sharing the love you know i might have to throw you some freshwater shirts man please yeah. yeah the more love the merrier you yeah. know how it goes hey so, uh so if you had to guess what do you think the ratio is of surfers to moose up where you are <laughs> <laughs> i don't know the MNRIs, you know no my all my buddies who don't get moose tags mnr lies but um i don't know there's in where I live, there's definitely more moose than surfers. Okay, we'll go but with that. <laughs> once, the event, once the event comes, it's probably pretty close. Okay, yeah. I once heard the ratio in Newfoundland was like eight moose for every one Newfoundlander. Yeah. 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 I, thinking up I don't there. know if we're that high in moose, but yeah. for sure, if you're going to surfers, I would say that's probably pretty indicative of the area right now that's hilarious yeah, that's yeah. so you're not going to get too crowded too soon you probably see more moose swimming in the water than surfers yeah well we have this one spot at this ghost ghost town at jackfish uh, uh there's this jackfish bay you can look it up later on uh lake superior and um there's a beautiful point break uh on the right wind and the one time i was surfing and two deer come out of the bushes and start drinking out of the lake and then they go back wow. and uh another time a bear like i was saying is into my backpack and <laughs> sniffing it and moving on and yeah and then pump house here uh in town we have i don't know it's i think the way i compare it to uh if you watch the endless summer he's like the he the guy he's like the dirty old wedge right yeah. and it shows everybody getting just dumped on this like jacked up wave so we've got the dirty old pump house where uh -huh. it goes really deep to really shallow. And on light days, you can get a good wave. But if it's big, you're getting dumped at dirty old pump house. But, oh, uh, yeah, there's, there's bears down there relatively frequently. Right so, on. yeah. A little different than the SoCal scene. Yeah, well, exactly, right? <laughs> it's it's a boreal forest experience. You know, you get a little bit of cold water. Lake Superior is super cold. I think it's like high of four degrees or something like that right wow. so get your make sure you're yeah you're wearing your wetsuit i've only surfed lake superior i think twice without a lake suit uh mm -hmm. wetsuit and then uh 
and then after that surf day the lake the lake turns and you're back into your wetsuit wow. so yeah yeah so so you've told us a lot about you know the the event and um obviously we know it's people coming together gathering and surfing but what are the other elements is there some kind of a opening ceremony closing ceremony sounds like you got some entertainment i mean what does the uh the event look like other than surfing and yeah um so it's really fluid but what i sort of try to to do is um typically in the past like on the friday night it's people rolling in the town people from winnipeg people from toronto people from duluth rolling in the town guys i see once a year right the love and the stoke have a few pops talk about the waves the next day where it's happening what's going on um setting up camp like a lot of the places around here it's all crown lander and the town's really good with allowing uh campers at the main beach for free just stay at and there's bathrooms there it's it's really i don't want to say let it's leslie fair and they're good like yeah stay there just don't have a big fire all right no yeah. problem. and um that's usually friday night the the saturdays wake up and what are we doing for surf so last year for example we get up surf was the best in the morning so we're talking dawn patrol like sun's coming up your butt's in the lake uh there's a little bit of a hike there's this one spot called hydro and uh it's a it collects the straight south um it's about a 20 minute walk in so everybody's walking with their boards uh the previous few days we had like i said lake of the woods brewing company out of kenora uh was one of our sponsors so I, we went in there with with uh wheelbarrows and quads and brought a whole bunch of beer in and hit it in the forest and and uh we cut firewood and whatnot we had a it's crown land essentially and we had a nice big fire pit and had a fire tons of families come out a lot of my buddies like i said about my age we all have families they bring their kids they set up like maybe a little wind tent uh some kids have little weddies they're out in the water parents are with their kids just skimming along on the boards um other people are out further catching waves got the stand-up paddle boarders um, I'm good friends with a lot of guys in the kayak scene around here. Uh, so you got sea kayaks, you have whitewater kayaks. Um, sometimes you got the canoes with the air, like the airbags in them. Mm. And these guys are surfing 16 foot prospectors. It's the gnarliest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> uh, my canoe skills are good, but they're not near. These guys are. Oh, yeah. These guys are good. And uh, so, and then we last year we had a bunch of kite surfers come too, and uh, so a bunch of guys from Thunder Bay come up with their kite boards. And they're kite surfing these huge waves, and and we're sitting by the fire. And if you want a beer, like have a beer. Um, Smokies, kids, dogs, uh, community members, um, people's grandparents. They just come and watch. Photographers set up, snapping pictures. And uh, after that, I think the waves died out around five or six, and that's when I left. Uh, this past year, or last year, we were able to get the golf course as our uh, venue, which is a beautiful spot. But I really have to give a shout out to the golf course, the Augustaban Golf Club, and Terrace Bay because if you think about surfers and golfers, you couldn't think about people more different, quite frankly. Mm. <laughs> and uh, when I approached the town and the golf club about um, my idea here in town, I expected, wow, we don't want a bunch of surfers 
partying in the golf club, <laughs> right? And being very protectionist, yeah. right? Quite frankly. And but they they were like, Yeah, when do you want it? Wow. Like, we'll give it to you for free. Uh, but we want we have some beer left over from the golfing season. Um, how about we just keep the bar open? We'll run the bar, we just keep the money from the bar. And I I cannot say enough good things about uh Terrace Bay as a township and their progressive ideas, even though it's a small town. Because yeah. we hear these like um sort of township people unable to think progressively to look at new ways of or new things coming in the town and they trusted me and my vision and quite frankly i'm saying i'm gonna throw uh, i'm gonna have 150 surfers come into town from all over into your golf club and don't worry everything will be fine yeah. right <laughs> right no seriously and if you think about it it's it's for some people it's a, it's that's a hard pill to swallow but these yeah. guys took it in stride so um, friends of mine here, they have their own yoga. Uh, they, they teach yoga. So right after about five o'clock, they had yoga. Um, it was awesome. Uh, there's a woman uh, in Thunder Bay who does um, forest therapy. We had a forest mm -hmm. therapist do a forest walk the next morning on Sunday morning. Um, I, so I also volunteer. My good buddy uh, runs an ice climbing festival in Nipigon. It's Canada's longest running ice climbing festival. And I volunteer for him every year um, because I love ice climbing and because I, I understand what he does and um, why he does it. We're on the same wavelength in that regard. But one thing I liked about his festival is that he has guest speakers. Uh, he would try to bring in somebody from somewhere around Canada or U.S. to talk about um, traveling or ice climbing or mountaineering and sort of inspire and give stoke to the community. And for me, last year, I wanted to have two guest speakers. So um, we had some guest speakers last year as well. And a speaker series for me is really important uh, just to hear uh, people's stories and why they do what they do. And that was, that was awesome. It's a potluck. So last year we did a big potluck. Everybody brings a little bit of something and uh, we can all enjoy it together. And, and I really like that idea of a potluck. I've always have every single time back when I used to have people stay here all the time, we always did potlucks. People would always bring food. And I wanted to, I, even though we're bigger, I wanted to keep that same feeling of family and community it was super important for me despite the numbers or whatever it is that that's we're gonna keep running it the exact same way nice um right so those were and then you know like you have music i was trying to get the punk band from winnipeg but like i said their singer uh was working the one weekend but not the other so we were only able to get them the one the weekend that we couldn't have it and then the um the comedian from thunder bay uh works in um assistive housing and they're like we can't i can't take two weekends off yeah. um and and those are and those were the logistics it's like well again why am i running it so at the same i uh, going to one weekend for from this year forward is going to allow me to help people plan even a lot of people couldn't make it last year because they couldn't deal with the floating two weekends. So one thing moving forward, again, that we we had sort of a debrief after. We all sat around, had coffee uh, Sunday afternoon-ish, morning, 
And uh, we're saying, well, what could we fix? What can be different? What is good? What is bad about our format? And that's sort of, those are the things we came up with. So like I said, we're running it one weekend this year. And, and, uh, but again, it's obviously with COVID we're canceled, but one thing again is like the lake isn't canceled. The waves aren't canceled. The winds aren't canceled yeah. and the smoke isn't canceled, but I'm not so running not it out. Of the the golf. Golf, you're not doing the golf course gathering official stuff, but nope. Hey, the lake is a free place <laughs> to surf. If you show up to surf, you're, you're at the gathering. Nice. You're there. Love right. It. And that's the philosophy I want to go with. Right. It's that, that is still there. Right. But for me personally, I don't want to have anything official. And I, I personally think you're right. Your previous comment saying like, because of COVID in the future, it'll explode. I think this year, because of COVID, if I was to run it, people would come from all over. <laughs> I really do. With the amount of messages I got, I just can't, I can't, I can't personally do it. Like I said mm -hmm. previously. Yeah, no, people are going to be ready to celebrate and make up for lost time. I really think so. Um, so what is the right. future for Waseshka? Any, uh, you know, do you have a vision? <laughs> Love and stoke right and, and sharing the lake with people that we, with our community and, and just, you know, that's the thing is it's like, it's not my community. It's not mine. It's, it's our community. And, um, it's not my scene. It's our scene. Mm -hmm. right? And that's something sometimes I don't want to say I, I struggle with it, but you know, like whether we get pe the different people serve for different reasons. Yeah. Right. So what's, what's my vision of Wasashka is the reason why I started it is to share my passion of the lake with people, um, to build and to maintain our community yeah. and to, you know, there's very, you have to work hard sometimes for things that are important and to, to save like relationships and friendships. And for me, I look to all the people that I've met over the years. And now our kids, some of our kids, like my one, my first daughter is nine years old. You know, she's been surfing since she's been four. Wow. <laughs> you know, um, she's in the first edition of the Great Lakes Surfers Journal. Oh. Thanks, Brian Janet. Thanks, you know what Brian. I mean? Like, yeah. There's pictures of art of me pushing my daughter on a little wave. You know, it's, 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 I, I want my kids to do it. I want my friends' kids to bring their kids. Uh, uh, last year at the golf course, the amount of kids running around, it warmed my heart. Um, that's the future, the future. And you know what? It's my neighbor's kid who sees me load my surfboard, who comes up to me and says, can you bring me surfing next time you go? that's my that's the future it's to open up a new sport and a new connection to people it's it's that's what it is it's allowing more people to get out there if they want to i love it screw localism that's man. all it is yeah. it's super sharing it's the simple you know yeah i i don't care i feel like i've peaked i don't want to say i've peaked but i feel like we've accomplished our vision and our goal and it maintaining it is probably the future and, yeah. and bringing it to the next gen. Perfect. Amazing, man. So when you're not surfing dude, or you're not planning with Seshka, what else are you stoked about? <laughs> um, I'm, I don't know. I'm pretty ADHD, so I'm pretty busy. Yeah. That trail we were hiking today with my class, 
I was the president of it for years, and now I just write grants for it. So we redid. I spent most of my summer uh, loading my boat, my 16-foot boat, up with bear boxes and thunder boxes, like poo boxes that my class built, and fire rings, and doing sustainable campsite development. Mm. Um, it's a volunteer-maintained trail. It's 53 kilometers. Um, we're out there cutting it with saws. Uh, we do that trail sweeping. Um, like I said, that outdoor class takes a lot of my time. That's a huge project that I've undergone. What else? Parent council. I'm involved in the parent council, my kids' school. Um, I'm on the waterfront development committee here in town. Um, yeah, um, I'm on the economic development committee here in town. I'm part of town council for that as well. So like how you know, the various things that come through with economic development and community development. Uh, what else? Um, oh, I have I a microbrewery. for this. Frig, man. <laughs> I have a microbrewery and I make beer and wine on the side. So oh. uh, sometimes I'll do weddings and stuff. So I can make 15 gallons of beer at a time. So I got in a pretty sweet setup, actually. Wow, man. So I do that. Beer company. <laughs> uh, it's hunt and gather because I like to. You know, oh, I, cool. I do uh, rhubarb. So today I was working on some, I needed to do some work on my rhubarb wine. So I rhubarb wine, dandelion wine, red currant wine. I'll do like, I'll pick different things out of the bush and ferment it, that sort of thing. Eh? So wow, man. yeah, rhubarb I'm busy wine. With that. Jeez, you're making rhubarb wine. I might have to come off the wagon here for this. Right. So <laughs> the, the first few Waseshka gatherings, we had a, we we were into the rhubarb wine, that's for nice. sure. Wow, that sounds <laughs> dangerous. I don't know. There's lots of things. I keep myself busy, man. I appreciate the question, but holy smokes, like, yeah, I, and I like it. It's I liked I like to be involved in the community. I like to I like to uh, make things happen, right? We started the cross country ski club at the golf course, right? A couple of us here, so we groom trails all winter, and I teach kids. We're trying to get the Jackrabbits program going for cross-country skiing. Uh, so I'll do that all winter long. Uh, those sorts of things, right? Um, I don't know. I feel because of my outdoor class, I'm a, I can use or use that as leverage or use that class to teach them, like, here's how you cross-country ski. Good. Here's how. So I got lots of things going on. Yeah, sounds like it. The long and the short of it, though, is the end of it is um, um, I think it's in, in order to sustain, it comes back to community. Like I talk about surf community. Um, it comes back. How do you maintain a community? And it, it's on the backs of volunteers, right? And um, I, you know, I've taken it upon myself to create um, with Seshka and to you know, run it every year. Cassidy is, she'll never put her face where mine is, but she is, she is, does so much of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, it's unbelievable. Um, for years, I volunteered at our Red Rock Folk Festival, which is a town down the road, um, right? Because they needed volunteers to make the, the music festival go. It's too small town. You can't, you can't pay people. You need yeah. volunteers, right? Same with, Eric with his ice climbing festival, like I mentioned previously, he can't pay people. I just love, I love bringing people who've never ice climbed 
climb a frozen waterfall. And then they get to the top and they look around and see the panoramic. And it's just a great day. It's good laughs. You meet new people. And and that's the kind of like stoke and energy that I like bringing. And, and for me personally, as a person, that's I like doing that kind of thing. I like being on councils. I like being involved in community development. That's something I'm really passionate about. And um, and as a teacher, I try to get my students involved, to uh, try to be passionate and, and understand that being involved in their own community is something that they should consider, not just like, here's your mandatory community hours, uh, hours right? They're going to be voluntold yeah. to do 20 or 40 community hours or whatever it is, and then they can sort of half-ass it. I, I would, and I was saying to this to, to them today is like, we do a trail sweep every year of the Cascade Trail that you've just hiked, you know, but we're always looking for people who want to come for like a day or two just to, you know, move a few trees, maintain a few things. If you're even interested in once a year volunteering, that's great. And that's a start. And, um, and I think that, I think that that's, that's a good start. And maybe in the future I can inspire other people our kids my neighbor's kids to get in the lake or and then i said i'm not going to be doing wasashka for the rest of my life i want to pass it on somebody else is going to take over this mm -hmm. right and i look at eric he took over for sean parent who's a, a huge he's the one who first ascended all the rock climbs and ice climbs in this area and then eric fishman took over for that and for me it's, it's the same thing i want to I want to pave the way a little bit. People came before me. I'm here. People are going to come after me. And uh, how do we maintain the scene? But I'm just hoping that I can build a scene and build a community that has a certain way of seeing and accepting people. And that makes our community a better place. And it makes them a better people and our kids better people. And then moving forward, we can just all be better people. And I think that's really nowadays like we, going back to our original conversations about education and summarization and regurgitation isn't going to make better people mm -hmm. it's experience and overcoming hardships with each other and promoting each other and building these communities and putting the effort into building these gatherings and and whatnot that's going to make us all better people and build our stronger yeah. communities especially in the north where we're very much a lot of times isolated from each other yeah. Right. So how do we, especially for us, like weirdos who are into like lake surfing, right? Like, what do you mean you're going on the lake on the biggest days there are? That's the days I'm home, right? Right. Yeah. yeah well, the days I'm in the water, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know how do we how do we keep all that? So those are those are all it's these are all pieces of the puzzle, right? That come together. Nice man. Yeah. Th there's a previous episode if you ever listened to it. It's with. Uh, Dr. David Christopher Lane, and he's a professor in California, and he wrote a book about Tom Blake. But as an educator, he was t telling me si similar things you're saying, like, let's get away from the regurgitation and the memorization, and a teacher's job is to inspire. And it sounds to right. me like you're doing that, man. And so you got the stage here before we go. What do you want to say to anybody but especially maybe your students listening about surfing about life about anything you want to put out there 
I don't know. Just take the risk, take the chance, and and, and do it. Yeah. That's that's really it. It's is just live your life, and it looks different to different people. I'm a person who's very. I'm ADHD. I'm very wanting to be outside. I'm I'm very driven to to connect in certain ways. But everybody lives their life differently. But just live it to your fullest. And, and take those risks, like network with those people. You know, I always say like, if somebody like ask the questions, somebody says, no, you're in the same spot that you were before you asked, Mm. you know, like, I was just like, Hey, you know, somebody told me like, it's crazy asking for the golf course. There's no way the town's going to let you have the golf course for the surf event. I was like, well, if they say no, what, what, what have I lost there? I'm in the same spot that I was. Before I ask the question, it's take those risks, um, dream it, believe it, achieve it. Uh, those are that's like the mantra. It's if you have a dream, really believe it and try your best. And just nobody thought that there'd be ever a surf event in Terrace Bay. Yeah. Nobody thought there'd be an outdoor program in Terrace Bay. You know, these are things that nobody. I don't know what people said behind my back, but to my face, people said that. <laughs> It would never happen. Yeah, yeah. And when you're hearing things to your face, I always thought like, well, what are people saying behind my back? But like, yeah, you know, what's that? What's that philosophy? But I, I truly believe like it's, it's a, the biggest battle is like that internal piece, right? And if you can just believe it and try it, and then don't be afraid of failure. Um, everybody falls is how you pick yourself back up, mm-hmm. right? That's most important, right? So. If it uh, doesn't work out, these uh, cliche teachings, but they're they're perfect. Right, I sound like such a teacher, I guess. eh? (laughs) Right, these cliches, but it's it's things that I hold true because I I I I seen it. I I experienced them myself, right? Yeah, and and I'm not afraid to fail as a learner. Um, What DJ Shadow said, like I'm a I'm a like I'm a teacher, but I'm also a student, Mm. right? um, and that's and that's the thing is like I've never stopped learning, right? I've always uh, keep going and going and going, and and I think being a, a student makes me a good teacher. Um, and I really I look at uh, kids nowadays, and I feel like there's a really there's a huge pressure for them to succeed at things their first try or to have ideas that are socially that are accepted by the the norm or or the larger group of people, but. I feel like thinking outside of the box, um, having a surf event in Terrace Bay is not something that anybody would have dreamed of, but it's something that works. And um, But it has the passion and dedication and vision and stoke. But it's not just me. And it's, this isn't all just me. I, am, I have like an army of awesome people behind me that you can't yeah. see who, who, who clap and who promote or sit by the fire and and give me like hugs and say like yeah we're doing the right thing and man this is awesome that you did that this so you know there these little things just keep you going you know what i mean the the little pieces of silk all add up right i'm gonna have to remember your advice and uh ask laird hamilton to be on the show hey (laughs) (laughs) you know what though where if you can sing is no and then you're in the same spot you are now yeah exactly so no shame in that yeah you know, and right. if there's, a, you know, people listening, especially young men, you know, to, to speak to what you were just saying, 
there's this, if you have this feeling that you have to have it all figured out by the time you're 18, um, I just want you to know that myself and the majority of guys I've ever talked to really didn't know a damn thing until they were actually 28, a good solid 10 years after 18. So yeah, man, I, I support not wrong. absorb it, take it in. And to add what you were saying, um, something I've been really hung up on that, that I've been experiencing in my life, very similar to what you're saying, is nobody is going to give you the authority to be you except yourself. That's a permission you need to give yourself. There's no instruction manual and you just have to do it. These great leaders, you know, that you've seen in history, um, they didn't get there by someone else putting them there. They gave themselves the authority and the permission to be their true self. So that's my little word to the wise as well here on a Thursday night at 9.30. It's your, but you know what? You're not wrong. Yeah, You're not wrong. It's true. It's true. And yeah, how do we, and going back to that idea and authority be yourself, like what's the, how do you, what's your rite of passage? And what I, mm. I talk a lot about this, like I don't want to say graduating high school is easy, but for a lot of people, you get through and it's like, okay, am I a man now? If you're talking about, you know, for me personally, and then I graduated university. I'm like, is that, is that my challenge to become a man? And for, for me personally, it was, I canoed, uh, I did a seven day solo trip by myself. And I felt that the hardships I endured and seven days of being in my own head and, um, and whatnot, that was my rite of passage. Nice. And I feel that for a lot of people, um, and maybe that's why some of us crave being in boats or the water. There's that, that craving for that authentic hardship that we lack in our sort of like pampered society mm-hmm. and allowing us to be ourselves and to dig deep and, and really think about who we truly are as people. Um being away from the racket of social media, being away from the racket of, um, you know, uh, uh, even conversations with classmates and stuff like that. Uh, that solo was what made, I felt like that was my, the time that I became a man. And I was like 22 or 23 or 24. I don't even remember now, but um, those were, that was the time for me. So, and that's where I let myself, gave my permission for myself to be myself, you know, me to be myself. Right. And, and it was those hardships and, and perhaps when you're sitting there and you're with your wetsuit on your hood on, and you're listening to the incessant crashing of waves, waiting for that perfect set to come through. um, And you're challenging yourself and maybe the rain's going, or maybe the, the snow's flying, depending on those conditions. I feel like you have to dig deeper than in than in your everyday. Yeah. And there's times where you are out there and you're truly pushing yourself to the limits, whether it be paddling out or whatever you're comfortable with on your water on the water or whatever it is. I, I've ha- I've definitely had some uh I don't know if it's spiritual, but I've had some moments where I I was self aware 
Oh, and yeah. I really thought about those times, right? It gives, it lends itself surfing. Well, there's so many books or whatever about surfing in Zen and, and, and whatnot, but you get it. Us, us yeah. surfers understand it. It's really right? a time of peace. Like for me, you know, kind of like what you're saying, my mind is just running in overdrive way too much. And when you go out surfing, right. it's like what Sunday's, used to be and and are supposed to be you know that like true day of rest that just letting go and being present in the moment it's a spectacular thing yeah yeah so hey man i'm so stoked to have had you on the show i mean we connected a couple days ago and you know i just felt like uh we were on the same page and so i like to have stoked guys individuals like yourself on here I think the work you're doing with uh, Waseshka is phenomenal. Keep it up. And I can't wait to be there, man. Post-COVID, hopefully. Yeah, we can't wait to have you up here. Yeah. I think you would – your peas in a pod, you know what I mean? Right on, dude. So, yeah. That's I, awesome. Thanks I, for taking the time and thinking of us up here. And uh, I, I love talking about what we're doing and, and hopefully can inspire some people to do some uh, awesome things. Yeah, but yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, if you can bring 150 people together in, you know, Timbuktu, nowhere or whatever, I mean, what the hell is our excuse down here, you know, not too far from the GTA and everything. So yeah, uh, I think it just speaks to, uh, yeah, where people's hearts are and that need for community and especially you know, I just always go back to when I started surfing and I just think to myself, I was alone. You know, I went out west. I wanted to be closer to the ocean, go surfing out there. And in that time away, just seeing it all happening on social media. And now I've returned to home and I am so overjoyed, man, that I am I'm no longer, you know, alone out there on that Leamington break. There's a whole community out there of Great Lakes surfers. I think it's just, uh, it's wonderful, man. Uh, one thing I didn't mention um, that's really cool is this year um, we have about 10 um, women here between like the ages of 10 and 25, 35, who are all newbies who are getting out surfing. And it's so inspiring to see, like, um, on Instagram, there's, like, the Lake Servistas. Yeah, yeah. And but here, it's, like, what do they call themselves? Like, Terrace Bay Surf Babes. Okay. And, it, <laughs> and they're all getting out. They all bought wetsuits this year. They're all newbies. And they're Incredible. all – and honestly, and they said to me, it's like, you know what, Chris? We love you. We love that you'd want to bring us out and stuff like that. But it's super intimidating to have you guys who are good at like good lake good at surfing out here when we're just like just learning how to paddle it and falling off the board and so they all support each other and they've made a really cool scene for themselves and that's something i really really respect yeah. i was like you know what like that's awesome that you're doing that and but it also speaks volumes to what we've the kind of scene we've created right it's it's um it's really really cool that they've come together to do that i'm i'm really happy for the women of the surf scene because it is intimidating right and um there's only been like the odd girl here 
or maybe like a girl's only doing it because she's a poser, wants Instagram pics, and the other girl's only doing it because she wants to bang this guy, right? So it's <laughs> right, but it's like they actually have people who are really stoked on the scene. These girls who are like stoked on it for for the right reasons. It's really, really, it's really great to see. So I just yeah. figured I'd let you know about that too. Oh, so sure, it's. Man. Lots of good, lots of good things. All right, man, dude, it's been so wicked having you on here. Where can people find you? Okay, so if you want to connect with us, we're on Facebook. It's Waseshka. Again, it's W-A-A-S-A-A-S-H-K-A-A. <laughs> Gathering. Yeah. Waseshka. Gathering. And we're also on Instagram at at Waseshka Gathering. So those are the two ways you can reach us. If you're on Instagram or Facebook, we're on both. So please connect with us. Right on. Check it out. Otherwise, we will see you all at the Waseshka Gathering, whether it be this year, next year, whenever. Let's go. However it goes. Right on. For sure. Yeah, man. Stay stoked, bro. Yeah, you too, Derek, man. Great chatting with you. Take care of yourself. Right on, you too. That's all for episode number 14 of Permastoked. I hope you enjoyed listening or watching. Again, I want to say a big mahalo to Chris Dubay for his sharing and obviously for his massive contribution to Great Lakes Surfing by co-founding and hosting the annual Wasashka, a gathering of the Great Lakes surfers. And although the gathering is not officially happening this year of 2020, you can still connect with Chris Dubay online or learn more about the Wasashka Gathering on both Facebook and Instagram at Wasashka Gathering. That's W-A-A-S-A-A-S-H-K-A-A Gathering. Also, be sure to join the North Shore Lake Superior Surf Crew Group on Facebook and we hope to see you all at the Wasashka Gathering in the future years to come. We would like to give a big mahalo to Mark Malibu and the Wasagas for providing our intro music, Hey Chihuahua, off their 2009 album, Crash Monster Beach, and our outro music, End of Summer, off their 2017 album, Return of the Wasagas. For more information, visit www.wasagas.com and check them out on Spotify and iTunes. And of course, mahalo to all you listeners out there. We are so grateful that you chose to join us for this episode, and we look forward to providing you with even more awesome content in the future. More episodes are definitely on their way, but in the meantime, make sure to go back and listen to our previous episodes. And don't miss an episode ever again. Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can even listen on Spotify or the Alexa app, and you can even watch the show on our YouTube channel. Please let us know how we're doing. Leave us a rating and review, and don't forget to share with your family and friends over social media or by spreading the word in the lineup. To learn more about Freshwater Surf Goods and to check out our products and services, visit freshwatersurfgoods.com. Sign up for our newsletter so you can stay up to date on new products, new episodes of Permastoke, events, our SUP and yoga schedule, and other exciting news. Don't forget to follow us on social media as well. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Freshwater Surf Goods. But if you're a part of the surf or SUP community, 
or a surfaholic wanting to connect with your tribe and stay informed as to what's happening all across the Great Lakes and Canadian surf scene? Then join our Facebook group, the All Canadian Surf and Sup Club. At Freshwater Surf Goods, we are currently in need of artists and graphic designers to help us with new product designs. We need photographers to provide Great Lakes in both East Coast and West Coast surf photography. We need musicians for music on the podcast. Hey, we want to make this a real community effort and have you all be a part of it. Or if you have an idea for collaboration, would like to recommend a future guest, would like to invite me to an event or book me to teach supper yoga, or if you'd like to carry our products in your store or you're interested in being a sponsor of the show, and for anything else, hit me up on social media or email me at Derek at freshwatersurfgoods.com. That's Derek spelled the Viking way. No double R's or C's, just D-E-R-I-K at freshwatersurfgoods.com. I look forward to next time and getting to know you all better. In the meantime, I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. Mahalo, freshies. Keep surfing and stay stoked.